Getting back to COVID-19, the restaurateur and TV presenter Paul Trevod has vowed to reopen his Killarney restaurant in July, no matter what, after a damaging year. And Paul joins me on the line. Paul, we had an argument about how to pronounce your second your second name, by the way, about 20 minutes ago in the office. Trayvon. Yeah, you, 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 you must have lost, yeah. Trayvon. Trayvon. See, now, I, now here's the thing, right? <laughs> I'm just looking out at these two here now. Thank you, Ian. I said Trayvon, and then Ashley went online, and then, I don't know where she heard on a YouTube video, Trayvon. So, so we <laughs> ended up... Having me, anyway. <laughs> Paul, lovely to talk to you. I'm sorry, I do apologise. Thanks for your name. Not a butter. I've okay. a lot worse. Well, I'm sure you have, as I have too. I probably in my will time. be after this. <laughs> but look, Paul. I mean, you're a celebrity chef, known for you know Trevo's kitchen and Trevo's travels, and you took to Twitter on Monday to announce your plans uh, of offering the government four months to sort everything out, or you're going to sort it out yourself, and you're going to open. Uh, so you're going to open in July, come hell or high July. water. Yeah, July the first, and I know I know there's a few people that are going to rush in and say, "Oh, you know, if he's serious about it, he'd open now." But you know, I made, I made that, a that was my next speech. question. By the way, you just took it out of yeah. my mouth. Well, you see, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I said I'm not, I'm not a, you know, an anti-vaxxer. I'm, I'm not a denying that there's COVID, that there's a pandemic. Of course, that's all here. Um, I'm kind of trying to go with them as much as I possibly can. We closed up the restaurant before we were told to. Uh, we adhere to all government guidelines during the summer. Um, we did, we did everything that we were supposed to do. And I just said to myself, look, I mean, let's give them one last shot. We're, we're trying to get a bit of hope with the vaccine rollout, and they're saying it's going to take a few months. But what's, what's the head-wrecking thing is they can't give us a date. And every day there's some kind of piss-ass leak coming out that's saying, you know, it's going to be mid-summer, it's going to be end of summer, it could be August, you know. And that's just not how you run things. There's, yeah, I don't know whether you, did you, now, did you watch Boris Johnson this evening. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't agree with everything he said. I think they could speed yeah. it up a little bit. But at least there are key dates there which he said are irreversible decisions. Um, and there are key dates there with restaurants opening for outdoor. I think uh, it was uh, March 29th, as far as I can remember. And uh, they'll be opening indoors then sometimes, uh, sometime in May. Um, and in other words, all back to normal by June 21st uh, is, their, yeah. is their plan, their phase plan. We have no plan. We've, we've nothing. Uh, and at this stage, it's just gone on too far. I mean, we can't. The, the best way to describe it is, yes, there is a fire with, with COVID. And I've and I got to put out my heartfelt uh, condolences to anybody who's lost anybody through COVID. There's no shadow of a doubt. It's, it's a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. However, it has now come to the point that we must also address all the other issues. So the best way to describe it, in my opinion, is that, yes, COVID is a fire that we're trying our best to put out. However, we're all looking at the fire, not realizing that there's a massive volcano that's exploding behind us. And yes, COVID is an issue, but there are far more issues there as well. So in other words, what you're saying to me is the cure is worse than the disease, so to speak. And, and I don't want to mean, I don't mean that literally, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, but in saying the other damage that's being done, not just the economy, but this, when we damage the economy, we damage people's lives, their jobs, their mental health and businesses and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, exactly. And, and like at some stage, and, and I know these are going to be, you know, tough questions and tough statements, whatever, but, but we have to address them. And my issue with our government at the moment is they're not addressing them. And they're just, they're just, there's no leadership. That's, well, that's no, I mean, le- leaking stories to the mirror are, you know, are the Sunday Times, as they did yesterday in Neffet, talking about continuing to stay closed until the waiting lists have gone down. Sure, the waiting lists are being created by COVID in the first place. But anyway, that's a whole other question. I mean, this Absolutely. kind of, these little bits of information are pointless and useless. Yeah. It's, ga- uh, it's essentially gaslighting is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so the reason as well why I'm saying the 1st of July, that's pretty much when we opened last year as well. So we, I think it was the 29th of June when we were allowed to open last year. And how much, well, and, how and much did you spend? Because I felt sorry for the bars and restaurants because they were told to spend a fortune. Now, I know they got a yeah. few quid from the government, but they're told to spend a fortune on screens and distancing and reduced capacities and all this kind of thing. So you would have had you know, more or less the same amount of staff and reduced capacity and not making a, a, enough money. Exactly. But, but in saying that, you did all that. You complied. There were very little cases coming out of restaurants and bars that ones that were open the gas next, next to none next absolutely to none, yeah. and then you were just told to close again and you got then a little tidbit of a week and a half there just before Christmas so it must have been difficult to spend that kind of money and not get, a, not get anything back for it yeah absolutely. I mean that's it in a nutshell and I mean and we would have been you know we would have spent as kind of a, as much as possible but also being you know business minded about it but I saw some places that they literally spent hundreds of thousands of euro in, in big bars and, and uh, kind of gastro bars and everything. And that's all gone. But I mean, you get up to the Christmas time. And listen, the, my big issue is, is that is that we've done everything we were told to do. And they have no idea how soul destroying it is when you hear 55,000 that we know of came in from the UK over Christmas. Mm. Then all of a sudden we're hearing 1,500 coming in from Brazil. And you're saying they're not even quarantining, they're not even anything. And it's not a racist comment. No, I know, I know. know, know. That's fine. But, like, it's just, it's a fact. And how can we do everything we're supposed to do when all these other things are, are, all these other factors are in play? And it's just gotten to the point where we just have to say, listen, lads, we know you're politicians, and I don't think, I don't think, I don't believe in these conspiracy theories. They're trying to close all SMEs, and, they, you know, they're trying to ruin the country, and Bill Gates knows. And and Bill Gates is going to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that. But we must now come to a point where we have to turn around and say, with the greatest respect, Neil Martin, our Leo Varadkar, or whatever senior politicians are in play, maybe you're not able for this. That maybe... Maybe you're making bad decisions. This. Yeah, maybe yeah, you're making bad I, decisions that are affecting people's I, lives. A hundred percent. But I mean, but you imagine, yeah, but imagine they would have sussed that out by now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Neffet's the purpose of Neffet is to look at the medical evidence and the modelling, etc., which they've got wrong and they've got right by times. But in saying that, the government are not, or should I say, Neffet are not responsible for your business, your mental health, and nothing else. That's not their their remit. It's up to the government when that information is passed on to the government to decide what the societal impact of those decisions will be and come down somewhere in the middle and make some sort of decisions. But it seems now they're just doing everything that Neffet are telling them which is damaging to society. Well, I suppose when Leo turned around and half-challenged uh, Neffet before Christmas, and yeah. said, no, no, we're, we're the guys who make the decisions. I mean, everybody, you know, cheered him on. And then two weeks later, when numbers started going out, oh, well, it was all Leo's fault. You know, he shouldn't be challenged. So, so I know the I would actually, fairness, it's fairness, Paul, two days later, he went back on what he said. He said that night as well, that if Neffet were on 300 quid a week, they wouldn't be making these decisions. Yeah, but yeah, two yeah, days yeah. later, he kind of half-apologized for saying that. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, does speak I mean, at, he hasn't eaten in your restaurant. He's been speaking out of both sides of his mouth. But okay, but, but okay getting back to the argument, and I'm sure people have said it to you, and you've said already people are saying to you, if you're going to make a stand, Paul, most likely you're going to be open in July anyway. Make the stand now. I know there are pubs, by the way, out there who are threatening to open in the next week or so, and hairdressers and so, things like that. So if you're going to make a stand, and you believe that you know, you're know you being treated badly as a restaurateur, uh, well then make the stand. But waiting until July, people are going to say, ah, you're just looking for pretty publicity, Paul. No, you see, well, like that's the beauty of Twitter. I, I've tweeted many a, t- a time, and that's got no likes. I, I did not expect this. This has reached over seven hundred and fifty thousand people already. I just thought, where the hell did this take off from? The reason why I'm saying first of July and not now is because at the end of the day, we have a thousand cases a day. Now, look, we could discuss: is this as serious as 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 everybody makes it out to be? We can have all these conversations, but the fact of the matter is, I'm a businessman, so I base it purely on that. There's a thousand cases a day. It's not safe to open. 
That's the way I look at it. I understand all the work that our frontline workers are putting on in the hospitals and everything. My issue is that these guys are flippantly thrown around comments like mid-summer. It could be end of summer. It could be autumn. So I'm saying, no, no, no. If you can't sort this stuff out, lads, in four months, then we like you are clearly not the people to be running the show. So the 1st of, of July is a very, very fair... Okay, so let, let me ask you a question. So we get to the 1st yeah. of July and let's say we still have a 1,000 cases a day. Yeah. What are you going to do? We're in serious trouble. If that's still happening, we're in serious trouble. But I mean, what are you going to do? I'm opening the door. Okay. Well, because, and, because and, I, and by the way... I've made the sense. Yeah, okay, you've made the decision to do so. And, and, yeah. and look, to be honest with you, um, you know, if we continue to test people, we will always find people, people with COVID-19 because according to yeah. scientists and experts, this could be with us for the next 30 years. Now, Absolutely. hopefully the vaccine is effective and will stop keep people getting serious symptoms. But as Boris Johnson said today, and I'm not quoting him directly, I, I'm yeah. kind of paraphrasing, that unfortunately we have to live with the fact that people who are vulnerable and people who are old do die at some point. And, you yeah. know, and we have to face that fact. And, and I think maybe the, there's been an uncomfortable conversation in the last year about people dying. And, you know, when we look at the media age, for example, of COVID-19, at one point there in January, it was 87 years of age, which is five years yeah. more than the average age of dying. So we have to accept that, sadly, people do pass away from diff- different respiratory diseases, heart attacks, strokes, all sorts of things. So we have kind of have to accept that. But if it's at 1,000, it's still at 1,000 in July, you're still going to open anyway. So, so here's why. So first of all, both okay. my parents are in their mid-age, and my mom was COVID positive back in, I think it was last April, April or May. And is she okay? And yeah, this, this is this is the great thing. This is why you got to love Irish mammies. When, when the HSE rang her to say, listen, you know, we're sorry to tell you it's positive, mom goes, oh, thanks be to God. And he said, no, <laughs> I have to say positive, not negative. And she goes, sure, I thought it was cancer. Sure, all it is, I'm a little bit tired, I'm grand. Now, listen, I know there's an extreme part to that as well. Of course, Thank of you. course. She made a full-on recovery. And mom is now saying, and dad, as I said, they're both in their early 80s, mid-80s. They're turning around saying, we are not spending the last days of our lives cooped up in our house. We Absolutely. haven't seen our grandchildren. We haven't been our children. And they're quite... And prepared. I understand that completely. Yeah. I would, rather have, the, I would rather have 10 years of quality of life than 20 years and be miserable. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's on, on, on society side. For the business side, and this is why I have to make the stance, is because here's what the politicians don't understand. I mean, they told us before that we're going to treat... Uh, you know, if, if it numbers are down in one county and they're up in another county, that, uh, you know, we, so there's no cases in Kerry. Next to no cases in Kerry. So beforehand, we were told Kerry would be allowed to open up. In rural Ireland, we're seasonal. Most towns are seasonal tourists. So we've got July, we've got August, and maybe September if, if we're doing well. Yeah. If we do not open in July and August, I'm telling you now, Niall, is about 80% of businesses in rural Ireland are gone. And how much, just, a, just some last, yeah. well, not last year, because last year was a write-off, but the year before... I don't want to know your turnover and what you took yeah. how much you took in, but what percentage of your turnover would be those seasonal months? Oh, probably you're probably talking seventy, sixty-five, seventy percent. Oh, but, but just just yeah. to clarify, just to clarify, last year wasn't the total write-off, and I'll tell you why. It was it was actually okay because of the amazing Irish tourists that we had. We had fantastic support from everybody holidaying here in Ireland, and it was brilliant. And we had uh, not packed restaurants, I'm not scaring anybody. We obviously took out twenty-five percent of our seating, but the seats we had were full, and that's what got us through this winter. We've now gone through no winter trade. We've now gone through zero Easter trade, spring trade, early summer trade. So we're now fighting 12 to 18 months of no trade. If we don't get this summer trade in Ireland, particularly in rural Ireland, there is absolutely no way in hell we are going to get through to this time next year. Not a hope. There's five to ten businesses that I'm seeing on Twitter that are putting up, that's it, we've hung up the boots, we're gone. 
bars, restaurants, cafes, tea I shops. Know, no, I, I, I did see a cafe yeah. there in Cork, I think it was, put a tweet up over the weekend saying they won't yeah, be opening that's again. Right, that, that's it. That's okay. Gone. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of bars and restaurants, and all sorts of businesses are saying that at the moment. And I think retail is going to be badly hit because we've now socially conditioned people. And by the way, you guys might be too. We've socially conditioned people to shop online. We've socially conditioned people maybe to cook a little bit more at home too, which yeah, is probably yeah, not going absolutely. to help your business. Uh, but the other thing as well, if somebody's texting and wants to know, um, in relation to the, the July, the, why particularly July the fourth? Is that just to give them time to sort it out? And have you? They want to know. Have you heard something that the rest of us don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, sure. I tell you now, if I'd heard something, it, it's probably changed a hundred. That's, that's the real killer. It's like, it's when they come out and I said, one guy says one thing at 10 o'clock at night. Another guy comes out and goes against them at six o'clock in the morning. Somebody else releases. Then Method are coming out with predictions like Mystic Meg. And you're kind of going, lads, just give us the plan. Stick to it. If I knew that that's what we're doing, then you do whatever you have to do. But like, there's all these rumors going around. I've seen all oh, bars and restaurants are getting five grand a week to be closed. They're not. They're absolutely not. The average bar restaurant is getting maybe five, six hundred euro on the grants. That's all they're getting per week. They are okay, but you, yeah, but you would be getting your rates wavered. What about I don't know about your rent? Well, so here's 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 the thing that I didn't even realize. Okay, that in January we go, we always close for the month of January, and this January I had to close because my head was fried. I did so much stuff online, about cooking online classes and cooking and do, online. Do, do, do many restaurants close for the month of January? In, in Killarney, yeah, in rural Ireland, very much so. Oh, I didn't really, know that. Y- yeah, you'd be busy Saturday, and that's about it. You'd be, there's, there's nothing so else. So would you not just open like, on a Saturday? No, no, wouldn't be worth it. it. Would, you can't. You couldn't do it for one day a week. It wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be feasible. Even right just like, kind of bringing in food and, and all that kind of stuff. But So I came in in the last week of January to see what was going on inside in the restaurant, see where we were standing, and all of a sudden there's a bill on the table that I knew nothing about, and it was rates for January, February, March of last year. I was sure rates were being wavered. Now, I know we got the grants to get it back, but I thought that was startup grants, that was this... I was full short. Yeah, I thought they were being wavered. Well, that's what yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm led to believe, anyway. Yeah, so, so, so everybody's being charged for three months' rates. There's a lot of people who haven't gone back into their and business. How much, how much, if you don't mind me asking, what's your rates? I remember yeah, when I had my own business in Dublin, uh, it was a small office. The rates were yeah. 2,300, I think, a year. So that was a small little office. So what, 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 what are the rates so, for the so, so just to tell you, you can ask me anything in the world, Nile. If I don't want to answer it, I'll tell you I'll answer it. Don't be afraid to ask me anything. My rates are just under 9,000 euro for the year. Wow. So that's pretty much and, three grand. And, is that, and it's not, I'm looking at a picture here. It's not huge premises. I mean, what, I mean, no, no, how many doesn't no, see? not that big at all. Many no, no, we're not that big at all. We've about 80 seats all together, but that's on two floors. Yeah. So we so we have 50. And that's another reason where I'm kind of, I mean, I could turn around and say, listen, I'm looking at supermarkets. And I'm not giving out about supermarkets. That's just the way it is. I'm looking at certain business that I'm going, sure, there's 200 people in there. And yeah. I am on two floors. You can't tell me I can't have three tables of four downstairs and two tables of four upstairs. I'm looking to put 16 or 20 people. I'll turn that twice in a night. I'll break even, if even. But I'm prepared to do that for sanity, for safety, for everything. At least we're something back in. It, By the like, way, we're, we're some people something. were suggesting, when, when you did open up for a short period of time there last year, people were suggesting that restaurants were delighted with the 90-minute turnaround. And the same when they opened up. Do you remember they got rid of the 90-minute turnaround just before yeah. Christmas? And they said, oh, some restaurants are still doing it anyway. And I thought, I think restaurants are using this to get people in and out quickly to turn more tables because they've reduced capacity. I, I mean, were they using it? Do you think restaurants were kind of using the 90 minutes? It would be great if all your customers came in and out in 90 minutes, wouldn't it? I tell you, 100%. Uh, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I did it. So I said to people, because I knew we were chasing six months of, of, of turnover that we had to get back, and I knew that we were going to be shut down again the way numbers were going. I said, we've got a two, three-month window here to save. And everyone turns around and says, oh, you're just out to make money. I'm not out to make money. When this government are gone, and they will be gone, and we have the next government in, they're going to blame the previous government for everything that's happened. And they can fight away amongst themselves. We're all left behind. 
the best way to look at this is that COVID is a tsunami. And all we are doing is looking at the wave that's coming in. The real carnage is when the wave goes back out and we realise what's destroyed. What oh, the yeah, wave absolutely. Destroyed. That's where the big cleanup is going to come from. So there's abs- I have no, I have absolutely no problem saying. And people were amazing. That's why I said the Irish people were amazing. I said, look, guys, you can come in at six or half six, but I need you gone by eight or half eight because I'm going to have to turn the tables in again. Yeah. And then course, by the way, have you got many bookings for July the 1st? I actually had to stop looking. I was wondering, can I just put my name down there? (laughs) (laughs) The phone just exploded. And again, I don't mean to, you know, we have a bit of a joke and a banter. I don't mean to, I'm not saying it flippantly. What I am saying is that. Are you taking bookings? Are you taking bookings? Do you take bookings online? No, we don't do bookings online. I'm sure somebody can contact us, send us in an email or something like that. Okay, but you you are taking bookings for July 1st. Well, I told everybody we're taking bookings from the 1st of June. Oh, first, oh, from the 1st of June. Okay. Yeah, we'll take the book. We'll take book. For the 1st of July. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, listen, between, like, I mean, between myself and yourself, not like between, one radio. <laughs> between <laughs> myself and yourself, he <laughs> says, not even radio, hoping, but go on. <laughs> I'm hoping that somebody, some stage, is going to turn around and go, look, guys, like, there are ways of doing this safer. There are better ways. There's an awful lot of problems. Yeah, but you, but you I, know, as Paul, you know as well as I do, we're all plumas in the government to some extent because at the end of the day, you cannot continue your business with social distancing. Right, your business is never going to make money, and the money you made before. And let's be clear about it. I'm not, I'm not being, you know, a plonker yeah, by yeah. saying it. You're in the business to make money. You know, you'd be a fool if you weren't. So sure we all are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. and your business, you're not going to be successful. Your business is not going to turn over a huge amount of money unless you can allow the same amount of people in that you used to let in before, because you rely on, you know, bums on seats. So yeah, this yeah, idea absolutely. of social distancing and having tables two meters away from each other, and the local Chinese that I used to go to all the time when the first lockdown came and they opened up again that time they took out half the seating the atmosphere was gone it just didn't look the same and was talking to one of the staff they weren't making the same amount of money and they couldn't mm. see themselves doing this in the long term they said they could do it for maybe two months while they were getting government subsidies but that was it so i mean realistically that's not going to last long is it no it's not going to last long but it's going to last a lot better than what i'm doing now at the moment which is costing me the best part of two two and a half thousand euro a week the way we are at the moment so i'm quite prepared to trade at a break even i'm okay. quite prepared to trade at a less of a loss than what I'm trading now at the moment. Well, you have a passion for the job apart from anything else. I mean, that's fair. Well, any, anybody who works in a restaurant will tell you, you don't get into this to make money. You do it because you love it. Ah, so well, there are, there are, there's some that make money out of the two, Paul, in fairness. What's your speciality? What's my speciality? Yeah. In, in cooking, in our own dishes? Yeah, we yeah. Do, like, look, we, we do rack the lamb, we do beautiful Dover sole, we have halibut, turbot. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, what we do, we do very high-class food in a very relaxed area, a relaxed environment. Better than the cheap Chinese takeaway I had for me dinner tonight. It was wretched. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, this is in our... Half it's still sitting out of my desk outside. (laughs) Like, Dad dad taught me everything. Dad was the executive head chef in Juries and Balls Bridge when it was the hotel in Ireland. He cooked for Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, Princess Grace, Frank Sinatra. There isn't anyone famous that came into Ireland that Dad didn't cook for. So I'm, as a kid sitting on a stool, three, four, five years of age, watching them do everything by the cooker and the oven and the hobs and everything. That's where you get this passion from. All my family is in it. My brother is the co-owner of the restaurant with me. He's the head chef as well inside in the restaurant. I do more kind of outside the front because I said there's no point to spit in the kitchen. So it's a family business. We've been there. We've supported all our staff are with us a very, very long time. That's why when I laugh, when you put up something like this and some clown goes on, oh, you're paying your staff minimum wage and shite and they don't know what they're talking about. Most of my guys are with us there since day one. When we, yeah. like, they're not working first, they're working with us. You know, like it's a big family restaurant style that we do. You know, they, they, they treat it like it's their own. And, and when you sit and just look every single day, you're kind of, seriously, I can't take another one of this. I can't take another one of this. I can't take another one. Like it's not so long ago that Michal Martin was saying that he was more than likely going to America. 
And you can have the argument over, look, yeah, it's great for trade and we're the only country in the world that gets an annual invite. That's fine. But the, the, the message it sends to your people supersedes the message that going over to Joe Biden. Well, mind you, they look, between me, Hal Martin, and even Leo Varadkar in his car with no mask on and RTE presenters having a party, really, there's a lot of, you know, say as we do and not as we are say. Do as we say and not as we do. There's a lot of that going on at the moment. Sure, even oh. this evening, Shamir Hall Martin put out some press pictures this evening of himself in a, a care home. Uh, people were getting oh, vaccinated. Yeah, getting the vaccine. Yeah, and I, I, I put up a tweet and said, "Don't forget to stay two meters away from everybody." I said, "Ah, scrap <laughs> that." I said, "A meter will do, or whatever is available," because he's, yeah. there's no way he's two meters from anybody. So, I mean, look, yeah. we're human beings. You know, we, we we make mistakes and we're silly sometimes. But I mean, he's the leader of a country. He he's the one telling us what to do. He could have been more but, conscious of it himself. But, but even like what, who are the guys that are advising them? if he makes a mistake there's 10 12 advisors there surely somebody I believe his, his spin doctor used to work for the sun I believe that says, yeah, a, well, says a lot really uh, okay no, it's, <laughs> just, it's just beyond frustrating but I mean like you said so many little things you look at some daytime TV shows here in Ireland and you're looking at two hosts sitting beside each other for two two and a half hours on our national broadcaster and a channel and you're kind of going but lad you're sitting about a metre and a half away from each other that's fine you're going by the guidelines but I could put that into my restaurant Yes. And I can tell people, you're only here for two. So don't tell me. And it's like, you know, it's like presenters of the big shows go, we understand, or politicians, we understand what you're going through. No, you don't. No. It's like me telling a one-legged man, I understand what it's like to limp. No, I don't. I yeah. have two legs. Yeah. So you can't tell me that you're on, and I don't believe Yeah, so you agree they're disconnected. They're disconnected yeah. from the people, they're of course. Just, they just don't get it. They just yeah. and don't get it. That's why today we, we spoke to Pat or Toby about the fact that they, they're given, you know, they're all getting a rise soon, you know, and they should be taking a pay cut, not a rise, in solidarity with the people who have lost thousands throughout this pandemic. Yeah, you, a lot yeah. of people have made money too. So, okay, getting back to just before you go, by the way, I, yeah. I want uh, some instructions on how to make a good cottage pie because... I'll be honest with you, my cottage pie, I made it yesterday. It wasn't too bad, but it was missing something. And I don't know, I don't know I what it, it was. Salt. I bet you it was salt. The problem that most people, when they cook, is bad seasoning. So perfect seasoning can make average ingredients taste amazing. Okay. Bad seasoning can ruin the best. So I'm going to tell you how now. You go onto my Facebook page, and I show everybody how to make the perfect bolognese. And with that bolognese, you make a huge pot, and you freeze it down into portions of three, four, or five, whatever amounts are in the family. So you're making about 20, 25 portions in one big pot. Today, you take out three or four portions, you make a lasagna. Tomorrow, you make a shepherd's pie out of it. Or cottage pies. If somebody there, shepherd's pies with lamb. So cottage pies. Yeah, we you said, mind you, we, we, we all call it shepherd's pie, but we know it's not yeah, a shepherd. Yeah. There's no shepherd yeah, involved. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you can make your, 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 you can make so many different, you can make a kind of a chili con carne out of it. So you make one base bolognese and that can make four or five different recipes. Yeah, but, I wouldn't, I, yeah, but I wouldn't put tomatoes in my cottage pie. I tin tomatoes. Why? In a cottage pie? Yeah, but you then, then, then don't. That's the beauty of food. It's like somebody turn around and say, the, the, the I use, I use the meal maker. Carrots. You know, the meal maker mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, few, a few carrots, few onions, a few bit of celery. You know what I mean? And, that, and I just swish it on together. And bang together. it in the pot. Yeah, and Make then, sure you throw in a bit of red wine as well. So it's just a really... Yeah, and then I usually cook it in the oven then. When the, put, the, put it in the old casserole bowl and then you put the potatoes Perfect. on top. And then I bung it in the oven for 40 minutes. Yeah, well, longer, longer. You want to put it in there for about two hours. That's the great thing about a bolognese or a stew. You can actually forget about it. You can okay. go in and listen to your show for two or three hours and go, oh, crap, I forgot about it. <laughs> <Still perfect. laughs> two hours? Okay, I remember that. I remember that. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, Paul, really, really concentrate the flavours. Paul, lovely talking to you. All right. No, I appreciate, really appreciate you coming here. Let me speak. Thanks a million. All right. And, and, and look, I look forward to you opening on the 1st of July and you'll be taking bookings uh, if you want to give Paul a ring or his restaurant Fingers a ring. Crossed. Hey, right. Galardi, right. take a booking on the 1st of June. 
Yeah, you'd be seeing me go, being pulled off in a, in a squad car, if, if I'm not. <laughs> I, I do hope not. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Paul Trevo. Yeah. And uh, that is, uh, the restaurant is in Killarney, by the way, for either of you heading down there, maybe for a weekend. I might pop down for the 1st of July myself, you never know. It'd be nice, wouldn't it?